it is great to be back here with all of you and as a family we had a lot of fun getting away for a few weeks and while we were away just resting and having a bit of a break I had the privilege of going to two different churches that I have actually served at in the past and it was just a lot of fun to reconnect with friends and to renew acquaintances and to see how good these two churches are doing it was really an exciting thing but I got to tell you when I was there and seeing people and listening and observing, I found myself thinking about you guys and wishing that I could be here and just dreaming about all of the things that God is going to do in and through all of us. So you guys were missed. I love you guys, and it is great to be back. And we have a lot of significant and very interesting changes in front of us. And so I want to spend a few moments just kind of walking through all of that. So here's what you need to do. First of all, you need to turn to the person next to you and say, get ready. Go for it. Yeah. And then you need to take out your phone or your calendar because I'm going to run the next few weeks and it's going to be fast and furious and there's so much happening and I don't want anybody to miss a single thing. So write this stuff down punch it into your phones, whatever you have to do to remember this, please do it because we want everybody involved. I want to start by talking about next week, September the 11th. We're going to be right here and it's going to be a very memorable experience as we kind of run with the theme that hope survives. Next week is the 10-year anniversary of 9-11 and Many of us were impacted on that day. All of us were impacted. And we're going to spend some time thinking about how in the midst of great tragedy and tremendous loss, hope survives. A few months ago, I was able to get an interview with a businessman in New York City who had a business and his office was in one of the world uh, trade towers uh, in the center there. And He didn't go to work that day for a couple of different reasons, and he lost his business, he lost all of his friends, and it was a very devastating thing for him, and he was gracious enough to talk to me about that, and so we have that on video, and we're going to share that next week, and I think you'll find it to be very inspiring as he walked through multiple things, not just that event, but other things in his life that almost caused him just to shut down and collapse, but yet in the middle of all that, He's able to communicate, and you'll hear him say next week, hope survives, hope survives, it does. And so that's next week, you'll want to be here, don't miss that. Invite someone to come with you, because I think they'll be impacted by that. So that's next Sunday, September the 11th. The Sunday after that is September the 18th, and it's on that day that we officially become Valley Point Church. And here is our new image and our new logo and our new tagline. And we're going to be unpacking that in the weeks to come. If you haven't seen this yet, get used to it because it's going to be part of who we are starting on September the 18th. And that's going to be just a really fun day. And I want you to be here for that. We're going to have our two gatherings. There's going to be some interesting items as part of that day. One of the things that we're going to do just to celebrate that new journey And our new name is we're going to serve a meal after our second gathering. And there are instructions about what you are supposed to bring for that. We want to have just a picnic and celebrate and get excited about our new journey that God has out in front of us. So 
please, please be a part of September the 18th as we begin something very new and just watch what God does for us here in the valley. So that's the 18th. By the way, has anybody seen our new billboard on Route 202 above the Dunkin' Donuts? Nobody has seen it. Put your hands up. Yeah, a few people have seen it. It's gorgeous. It looks wonderful. It kind of looks a little bit like the image that you saw on the screen. It's up. We're trying to let people know that we're here, and we want to clarify who we are as a church, and that billboard's going to be in a different place during the month of October, and we're sending out invites and direct mail pieces, and we're trying to let the valley know that there is a place that they can connect to, and we're going to have a great time, and that all begins on September the 18th. Then... We have a big weekend plan for October 15th and 16th. That's a Saturday and a Sunday. So on October the 15th, we're actually going to host a carnival on our Bethel Road campus. And that's going to be a very family-friendly event. We've got some rides and things that are coming. That's going to be a blast. And we're going to invite our community to come and check out what's happening with the hope that we can invite them back on the 16th when we open the doors to this place and say, here is Valley Point. And we want you to be a part of what's happening here. So that's all of the stuff that's going on. Next week, September the 11th, Hope Survives. September the 18th, we launch as Valley Point. And then we're going to be letting people know about October 15th and 16th. And we want to welcome as many as we can to experience Valley Point and how they'll be able to have real relationships and real significance right here. It's going to be a great journey. And I want you guys to know about that. And I want you to be aware of what's going on so you can connect, and it's just going to be a great, great ride. Today, we begin an experience called Tides. Now, Tides was supposed to be a two-week series. We're just doing one week of this because last week we were experiencing Tides. So today, we're just going to talk about it, and we're going to wrap up this one-week event, and I hope that it is very, very encouraging and challenging for you. You know, there's all kinds of different tides. There's high tides and low tides. There are spring tides and mixed tides. There's even something called a riptide. And here is the actual working definition of what a riptide is. A riptide is a strong tidal current that conflicts with other currents and causes a violent disturbance underwater. Riptides can be very dangerous to swimmers, even deadly, because there's something happening below the surface that they might not even be able to see. And while you may have never experienced a riptide in the water, I think it's fair to say that we probably all have experienced a personal riptide. Here's what a personal riptide looks like. It's a rapid onset crisis that can crush our faith and just fill us with desperation. It's what it is. It's a rapid onset crisis. It just kind of invades. All of a sudden, it shows up. And it is a crisis. It's a big deal. It's painful. And it hurts. And it crushes our faith. And it fills us with desperation. And here's what it does. It causes us to step away from God. 
Like maybe at one point we're walking with God and we're tracking with Him and our heart is beating fast with His and our eyes are open and we're wide awake to everything that is happening around us spiritually. And then all of a sudden we experience a rapid onset crisis. It just kind of invades and it crushes our faith and fills us with desperation. And instead of tracking with God, instead of moving with Him and being wide awake to all of that, we find ourselves way over here and we're crushed and we're desperate. Let me ask you this. Has that ever happened to you? I mean, have you ever been there? You ever felt some of that? Ever experienced some of that in your life? And while a riptide often goes unnoticed, there are warning signs that indicate danger. And so today we're simply going to look at one of the warning signs. It's something that's very simple, but yet it quickly invades our life, crushes us, fills us with despair. And we're going to look at that and think about how we can avoid the tide that sweeps in and damages us. So here's our big idea. Self-reliance kills. It does. Self-reliance kills. And this is the danger. This is the warning sign that we have to look for that can crush our faith and fill us with a lot of desperation. So let's think about self-reliance for a bit. Now we all struggle with this. The paragraph that we're going to unpack today is found in 2 Chronicles And what we find there is an intriguing story about a guy named Asa. He's a very unique individual. He's a king. And in a long line of creeps and losers, Asa is a bright spot as a king. I mean, he's really got it going on, and everybody kind of likes this guy. It's really amazing when you read through 2 Chronicles, and you find all of these kings that come to power. And often the very first thing that God says to them is, Look, pay attention. Write this stuff down. Remember it. If you do what I ask you to do, if you obey me, then you're going to be radically successful. And I will be with you. But if you say goodbye to me, then you will be on your own. But if you're with me, things are going to go well. And it seems like most of the kings said, "Uh, we'll go on our own. We'll try our own thing. And king after king just kind of falls apart until Asa. Asa's a bright spot. I mean, he really does exactly what God wants for him. Chapter 14 actually tells us that he gets rid of everything and anything in his kingdom that God didn't want. He gets rid of the altars, the idols, and the shrines, and he just begins moving through his country, and he smashes stuff, and he knocks things down, and he says, God's going to be a big deal around here. I'm all done with the craziness. We're going to really make God the most important thing. And here's what happened as a result. Peace. God gave them peace. And during that time frame, they were able to rebuild their cities and nobody would mess with King Asa because God was on his side. See, when God gets lifted up and valued, When he's a big deal, people notice that. So let's think about that for a moment. When God gets lifted up 
relationships are restored. When God gets lifted up, I can have a measure of success in my life. When God gets lifted up, my marriage has a shot. When God gets lifted up, I can restore my community. When God gets lifted up, things change. When God gets lifted up, my eyes can be awake. When God gets lifted up, my heart will beat fast for whatever God wants me to do. When God gets lifted up, amazing happens. It just does. When God gets lifted up, it's a big deal. And this is what Asa begins the process of doing. Bottom line is that Asa is a pretty awesome individual. And so God sends a messenger to Asa because he wanted to deliver some words to him. And this is what we find in 2 Chronicles chapter 15, verse 1. Then the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, son of Oded, and he went out to meet King Asa as he was returning from the battle. Listen to me, Asa, he shouted. Listen, all you people of Judah and Benjamin. The Lord will stay with you as long as you stay with him. Whenever you seek him, you will find him. But if you abandon him, he will abandon you. That's pretty clear. Makes sense. If you stay with me, I'll be with you. It's just that simple. And then this, verse 7. But as for you, Asa, be strong and courageous, for your work will be rewarded. See, moments like this shape people. And some people shy away from all that, like, you know, I I didn't sign up for that adventure. That's not exactly what I'm looking for, so I'll just kind of fade away into the background, while other people are totally energized by that. And that's Asa's response. You mean to tell me that I can have strength and courage and my work is going to be rewarded? Sign me up for that. I'm ready. I'll do it. It's Asa. Verse 8, when Asa heard this message from Azariah the prophet, he took courage and removed all the detestable idols from the land of Judah and Benjamin and in the towns he had captured in the hill country of Ephraim. And he repaired the altar of the Lord, which stood in front of the entry room of the Lord's temple. And what happened after that set Asa apart as a very unique individual because he had a run of 35 years that was just incredible. Good times. Good times. Let the good times roll for 35 years. That's a pretty good run for anybody. And then the riptide came. And isn't that the way it seems to work in our lives as well? I mean, things are going okay. Maybe we've had a 35-year run, possibly, that has just been incredible. Life is good, relationships are good, the Phillies are good. My goodness, they are. It's amazing. My life with God is good. And then, and then the riptide comes, unannounced, unwanted, uninvited. And for Asa, and often for us, it came in the form of self-reliance. And while chapter 15 records some of the greatest chapters and moments in his life. Chapter 16 is a different story. Here's verse 1. In the 36th year of Asa's reign. All right, so we've got 35 years that are just amazing. And now chapter 16, in the 36th year, King Basha of Israel invaded Judah and fortified Ramah 
in order to prevent anyone from entering or leaving King Asa's territory in Judah. And one would think, well, that's no big deal. Asa's been there before. He's a king. He knows what it's like when people invade, and you've got to deal with this, and he'll rely on God like what he's done in the past. I mean, King Basha, please. He's like the New York Mets. Three games under 500. Who cares about him? It's just no big deal. Asa should be fine. But here's what Asa does. Verse 2, Asa responded by removing the silver and gold from the treasuries of the temple of the Lord and the royal palace. And he sent it to another king, a king named Ben-Hadad of Aram, who was ruling in Damascus along with this message. Let there be a treaty between you and me like the one between your father and my father. Let's work this out. See, I am sending you silver and gold. Break your treaty with King Basha of Israel so that he will leave me alone. Ben-Hadad agreed to King Asa's request and sent the commanders of his army to attack the towns of Israel. And as soon as Basha of Israel heard what was happening, he abandoned his project of fortifying Ramah and stopped all work on it. And again, this might seem like no big deal. I mean, the king is just doing what any king would do. He's protecting his people. He's being creative. He's forming alliances. This is all normal except for the fact that God made it very clear that this king, Ben-Hadad, was an individual who hated God. And God said, don't do that. Don't form alliances with people like that. And Asa said, I I think I can do it. I think I can roll on my own. I think I can manage. I've had 35 years of success. I think I can pull it off. And it was at that moment that Asa found himself in the middle of a riptide a sudden crisis that crushed his faith and filled him with a lot of despair. And instead of relying on God, he was dripping with his own self-reliance and the hubris of success caused him to have a significant problem. So does this stuff ever happen to us? I mean, we're not exactly kings and we don't invade countries and we don't make alliances. At least I don't think anybody here does that. We're just kind of normal people. We go to work and we exist and we have families and we just do what we do. So do we ever struggle with self-reliance and riptides that come in uninvited and crush us and fill us with despair? Yes, we do. And here's what it looks like. I've got something I want you to watch. And as you watch this, just think about what God wants to say and how God wants you to think about how we must rely on him. Check this out. Self-reliance looks like me depending a whole lot on me, not you, not God, just me, just me. Self-reliance looks like a complete isolation, withdrawal, 
and rejection of those who used to speak truth in our lives. Self-reliance looks like days, weeks, months without hearing from God and His Word. It's treating others like they don't matter. It's an uncontrollable focus on the person I see in the mirror. It looks like pride, arrogance, and conceit all rolled into one. Self-reliance looks like me being haughty, overbearing, pompous. Self-reliance looks like me being too high and mighty, too big for my boots, and too big-headed. And then, as always, self-reliance crumbles falls and leaves me empty and alone self-reliance kills and it may not happen immediately but slowly over time it chips away and keeps me from being the person I want to be the person God wants me to be the person God created me to be Yeah, self-reliance. It lurks. It waits. It pounces. And then it kills. And that's us. That's what it looks like, and that's what it looked like for Asa. It's an uncontrollable focus on the person in the mirror, and self-reliance looks good for a while, but eventually it crumbles. And when it crumbles, we're crushed. And so I want to share some very practical steps that I think all of us can take. We can walk out of here putting these steps in motion so that we can avoid this rapid onset crisis in our life and not be taken away by this tide of self-reliance. Here's step number one. Understand that it can happen to you. It can. Just know. Just know. No matter who you are or what your personality is like, this can happen to you. Just know that. Step number two, self-reliance is often invisible. So ask God to make it painstakingly clear to you. See, sometimes we just can't see it. Because we're living it. You're just not aware of that. That's exactly what happened to Asa. In this story, it's remarkable because God sends another messenger to him. And this messenger comes and says, Asa, you've got a real problem here. You're being overcome by your own success. And you're arrogant and you're self-reliant. And you've got to stop. You've got to depend on God. You're not moving in the right direction. And Asa just kind of dismissed him. And so when someone in your life makes that clear to you, that there is a self-reliance issue. Listen to that and be aware because sometimes it's just invisible. Step number three, check the way you treat others. And here's why. Because the way we treat others is often an indication of what's happening on the inside. What's happening on the inside will come out. 
in how we treat others. It happens. Verse 10 says, Asa became so angry with Hanani, this individual who came to him and said, look out, for saying this, that he threw him into prison and put him in stocks. At that time, Asa also began to oppress some of his people. Wow, he just kind of lost it. Somebody confronted him and he, he went crazy and it came out in the way that he affected people, the way that he treated people. It was there. It was clear. So check the way you treat others. And then step number four, champion humility. Champion humility because humility brings life. Verse 11 says this, the rest of the events of Asa's reign from beginning to end are recorded in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. In the 39th year of his reign, Asa developed a serious foot disease. Yet even with the severity of his disease, he did not seek the Lord's help, but turned only to his physicians. So he died in the 41st year of his reign. See, humility, it never happened for Asa. And an individual who had some great chapters to his life dies because of a foot disease and self-reliance. That's kind of the ending remarks on his life. It's kind of sad. I think it's shocking how much we can actually do without God. And there's so much we can do without God's help at all. And sometimes I look back at my own life and I see events and circumstances. I never asked God to show up and I never invited Him to help. And I just kind of did my own thing. And God lets us roll that way. He'll let us do that. And it looks good, and it smells good, and people applaud, but there is no satisfaction in that because it is self-reliant, and it starts a pattern that can allow a riptide into our life, a rapid-onset crisis that will crush us and fill us with desperation. I've also discovered, I've also seen, that when I kind of just step back and invite God into my life and say, please, Help me with this because I don't really have all of the answers and I don't know everything and I just need you to do something. I need you to show up, God. That he does. He shows up again and again and again and again and there is amazing satisfaction in all of that. Now let's get real practical here because I'm going to cast some vision for us for a bit because we're about to embark on a serious ministry season here at fellowship. Change is coming. And this is all going to be a lot of fun. On September 18th, we begin a new journey. And we've got a new name, Valley Point Church. And I need everybody in this room praying about that day. And I want to ask you to do that. You just need to put that in your mind. And when you think about it, pray that God will do amazing things in the valley through our faith community. And then in October... We're going to just open the doors of this place and say, check us out. Come on. We want you to get the hope here that we've all experienced. And I need you to be praying about that weekend, that we will have great, great impact. See, this isn't about being cute. This isn't just a gimmick to come up with something new. 
We believe God can use something as simple as a name change to capture the attention of those who don't know anything about God. And outside of here are communities and there is a region who desperately needs God and we must do whatever it takes to reach them. You know, we have a dream of reaching 1,013 regular attenders by the year 2013. And that year is quickly approaching and we've covered some ground But I need you and God needs you to lean in like never before, like never before, because self-reliance won't work. And I want to see God move through us in an amazing way and do incredible things and see lives changed and families restored and people energized. And that can happen when we get clarity that we cannot function on self-reliance, that we need God in a huge way or our faith will be crushed and we'll be filled with desperation. And our community, our area, our region, and this world cannot afford for us to do that. And so we're not going to rely on ourselves. We're going to call out to God. And we're going to kick this personal riptide to the curb so that he can do great things right here. Verse 9 is my favorite verse in the whole chapter. It says, The eyes of the Lord... Search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. It's kind of an amazing verse. The eyes of the Lord. This is what they do. He's searching the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. And here's what I know. And here's what I believe. God is still searching His eyes are still looking over the whole earth. And when God sees us, does his heart beat fast? Does he see a group of people whose hearts are fully committed to him? No reliance on self, just a total reliance on him? Here's something else I'm convinced of. I think God wants us to be that group. I think God wants for Valley Point Church, for us to be the place where hearts are fully committed to Him and not relying on self. And He's searching for that. Will He find it? Will He find it? Let's be that group. Father, we're so thankful for a few moments to think about this amazing story It talks about an individual who lived a great life. 35 years, he did some amazing things. And yet all of a sudden, self-reliance swept into his life like a massive riptide and swept him off of his feet, crushed his faith, filled him with desperation, and he began to hurt people and oppress them and he never turned back to you. God, we cannot afford to do that. And so I pray today, as we get ready to jump into an amazing journey called Valley Point Church, 
that you will help us not to rely on self. God, give us an awareness of you like we have never had before. Give us a passion for you and a passion for those around us. Help us to invite. Help us to pray. God, help us to totally get low before you and depend on you for everything and everything. You're searching for that. You're looking for that. And God, I want us to be that group. I want us to be that faith community. So work in our hearts now. And God, even over a holiday weekend as we relax and don't work and whatever else we've got going on, help this just to grip us and change us. May we be the group whose hearts are committed to you. And God, that can happen when we avoid the riptide of self-reliance. And so we come to you and say, we can't do it. We'll never reach the big dreams that we have without all of you. And so we invite you in and we ask that you do amazing right here. I pray that it starts today. Thank you. Thank you, God, for being willing to use somebody like me and know who I am and my faults and shortcomings and so humbling. And God, you use all of us. It's what you want. Help us to be ready for that. We do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like for you to take out your connection card because on one side there are some next steps. And I want you to take a next step today. This is valuable. Perhaps your next step is to ask God to make any self-reliance in your life very clear to you. If you ask God, be ready. He'll show it to you. But maybe that's what you need. Or perhaps you want to say, I will check the way that I treat others. Maybe you just haven't thought about that for a while. You'll check and look and even ask other people, how am I doing with this? Or perhaps your next step is to say, I will be a champion of humility. I want to encourage you just to fill in a circle. And then we're going to take our offering right now, so you'll be able to take these connection cards and any offering you have and place them in the baskets as they're passed. And I want to invite you just to pray with me one more time. Let's ask God just to continue to work in our hearts. Father, we're so grateful for you and for this time to think about what you want to challenge us with. Your eyes are searching. They're looking. So help us to be ready and help us to dump all self-reliance because it won't work. God, we give ourselves to you. Bless this offering as it's taken. We pray that you'd use it to help us get the word out about a place that's coming to the valley, that brings hope to everyone. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.